Aloha, and welcome to season two of the podcast, Throwing Up Rainbows, Good Girl, Dirty Secret. I invite you in to get lost in story. You are welcome here with my dirty little secrets. You're welcome here exactly as you are, and all your brilliant, beautiful, fucked upness. As you shine, and as you crawl towards the light. for you out there, for you who's going through it right now, wanting to recover. I see you, I hear you, I feel with you. I was you, and I know you can make it. I also make this for the parents and loved ones to give you information and insight into our struggle. So if you dig this podcast and get something from it, please share it with all your friends and loved ones. I want everyone who needs this to find it. Be my eyes and ears out there because we are stronger together. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how addiction steals your voice and how you can discover it again. Let's dive in. Do you remember when you were little and you had ID cards on your books, backpacks, or precious little items that said simply, if found, return to your name? And then there'd be a phone number or such. As an adult, luggage tags would be the equivalent of this. And we all know what a huge hassle it can be to have our luggage lost. It feels like a violation, like everything that we need that's a part of us that we packed for our trip is wandering out there in a sea of baggage. There's a brief moment of feeling a tad lost without our things. Years ago, when I studied abroad in Europe, I went into a random shop in Prague, and I found a statue I immediately had an affinity for. It reminded me of a meerkat standing up on its hind legs, except it was a tiny little elf-like person in a grass skirt, with its arms held up against its chest, as though it had just found out the most exciting news. I don't know why, but I had to have it. It was cumbersome and awkward, and I had to carry this four-foot totem pole elf for most of the day before we went back to the hostel. For the next week, its head stuck out of the top of my pack as I lugged it around. I put my bag on the plane to go back to Hawaii, and it did not return on the other side. I remember thinking, what the hell? There's no way I lugged this totem pole around just for it to be lost in baggage etherland. Long story short, My bag and totem pole were delivered to my house a week later, and I presented my parents with this strange gift as they threw each other quizzical looks and chuckled at the statue, which presently sits in the corner of their house, smirking like the jester at the best party in the world. The point of this weird little anecdote is that I deeply believe that things are never really lost. Sometimes we just have to find them again. I believe this is true for our voice. The most insidious thing that addiction steals from us is our voice. Our voice represents our sense of self, the way we communicate, and how we express who we are. Self-expression is a human need. Since the days of cavemen, we've drawn on walls and created elaborate sounds to communicate. We touch each other, laugh and smile. We create art, draw, paint, sculpt, and write. We tell stories. We long to share ourselves with other people. We long to commune with nature, spirit, 
and each other. If we're not able to express ourselves, we're like plants without water. We wither. So many of my clients fraught with drug and alcohol addiction tell me that they don't even know who they are anymore without their drug. One woman told me that everything feels fuzzy in her head and that she doesn't know where to begin. She's 30, and she's been doing drugs since she was 15 years old. I have no idea who I am, she told me. This is the part of recovery that's scary and that a lot of people don't talk about. Who are you if you're not doing your substance of choice, your addiction that numbs you out from the world? I remember thinking the same thing when I wanted to stop my eating disorder. Who am I without Lily, the name that I called my eating disorder? What do I do instead of binge and purge? How do I go through a day without thinking about food or hating my body? When I was in the beginning of recovery, I didn't think it was possible to go 30 minutes without thinking about my addiction. My hope of my head being a peaceful place didn't yet exist. My eating disorder started when I was 15 as well, and ever since then, it had been the thing I ran to whenever I felt anything uncomfortable. It had been my tool to numb out of my life, and I had used it every single day. Even on days I wasn't restricting or binging and purging, I still hated my body, I told it mean things, and I thought about food all the time. It was like living in a personal hell and I didn't know how to escape. So I'd get depressed and then reach for hell to make me feel better. Something I learned was that when you start your addiction, you're emotionally stunted from that point on. For example, I started my eating disorder when I was 15, right around puberty. Instead of my femininity or my sexuality growing in a normal way, it was stunted there at 15. I was told quite frequently by men that I was innocent or childlike. Some men loved this about me and were attracted to it like a moth to a flame and tried to chase me as I'd fly away. Looking back on it, it makes sense because there were many parts of me that were still emotionally 15 years old, almost as though they were frozen at the time my eating disorder began. My voice was one of those frozen parts. I spent most of my high school experience alone in the locker room or in the library writing. I was so incredibly shy that I would blush bright red every time the boy I had a crush on spoke to me in class. It was embarrassing. I wasn't good with people. I felt anxiety all the time, and so I isolated myself and let my addiction Lily wrap her loyal little arms around me. If I think about it, It reminds me of the scene from The Little Mermaid when Ariel agrees to trade her voice for legs instead of her mermaid fins. As she sings, Ursula captures her voice like dancing smoke into a white shell and then laughs wickedly as Ariel struggles to the surface with her new wobbly legs. My eating disorder was like this. It began to steal my voice. It kept me isolated from others. I didn't talk to people. I didn't tell anyone what was going on. I listened only to Lily's voice. They say that if you hear things enough, you begin to believe them. And Lily told me that I was fat, pathetic, and a failure. Unless, of course, I did everything she said. And then we'd have a brief moment of niceness before she went back to her terrible self. The longer my addiction went on, the quieter my voice became and the louder Lily's voice was. It was like my voice was in the little white shell and I didn't know how to get it back. My thoughts were ruled by the disorder. My behaviors pulled constantly towards my disorder. I had no idea who I was anymore without her. During this entire time, I wrote. 
I'd sit in the library or the locker room and write poems, stories, songs, anything to get my creativity to breathe, anything to be able to express myself, even if it was only for that small part of me to see and hear. In her book, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert, whom I adore, says that our souls are searching for wonder. More wonder, please, she says. We create because creation is a part of us, woven into our being. It's what we do. Any addiction steals this part of us. Addiction wants to make us silent, compliant, voiceless mannequins. If addiction wins, it will kill us and move on with a shrug to another host to destroy. Getting your voice back from addiction is possible. It's okay to feel fuzzy. It's okay to feel scared. Recovery is like taking the training wheels off your bike. Anything new is terrifying. Beginning to use your voice again is a strange and awkward experience. Do it anyway. Begin to express yourself in any creative way that you can. My personal favorite is writing, journaling about life, simply letting what's inside of you come out. Some people cook or bake. Others love poetry or singing or sculpting. Go to therapy, where you can tell a licensed therapist about your life or your confusion. It's helpful to have someone to talk to. Make friends with your voice and this self that got stifled when your addiction began. Get to know yourself again. The cool part about recovery is that we get to create the person we want to be for our future, because the past does not equal the future. We get to create something new. We get to take the old parts of us that we love from our past and the lessons we learned and build something new, badass, and beautiful. As your challenge today, think about some way you'd like to express yourself and your voice. Here's a trick. What did you like doing when you were a kid? Often our childlike selves give us important hints. I liked to read and write as a kid. Years later, these things still bring me joy, and I found them to be a part of my recovered, powerful, badass, beautiful world. So how do you express your voice? If found, return to you. I'm Zizo Colante, and this is Throwing Up Rainbows. Stay tuned for the next episode, where we're going to talk about how our thoughts affect our behavior and how we are capable of change. Till then. This episode was written and produced by me, Zizo Colante, with audio production by Kellen Bonham. You can find us at throwinguprainbows.com and sign up to be the first to get word of our newest podcast secrets. Drop us an email at podcast.tur at gmail.com. I'm also on my personal blog at zizocolante.com. And you can find my book, Throwing Up Rainbows, on Amazon. (laughs) 